0: Good morning, R.C. It's great to be with you today. And you may not realize this, but this is an historic day. Uh, And it's going to be like bittersweet a little bit. So it's historic because this will be the last time we have to meet in the field as a church. And I know that seems a little weird, but here's kind of the backstory. So we started uh, almost 12 years ago. Next month is going to be our 12th birthday. We're getting ready to go into puberty as a church. That should be exciting. So uh, anyway, so we, we started doing this back in 2012 because we had to. Uh, we started as a church without walls. We were meeting at the high school, and there came this particular moment in August of 2012 where the school said, we need you guys be out for a couple of weeks so we can do some finishing of the floors and some other things. And we're like, what are we going to do? We can't meet at the school How about we meet in the field? And so with that, I want to give a big shout out and a great applause for Roger and Ruth Ann Powell because for sure. You may not realize, but we're in their field, right? And so they said, yeah, you can use the field. And so we got the tents and everything else. And then it just turned into kind of a tradition for us outside of the COVID years. We'll try to block that out a little bit. But uh, outside of the COVID years, we've been down here every single summer doing VBS, meeting as a church. And we'll still do some things in the future outside and everything else. But with our building coming into play, it's a game changer for us. And so it's been a long road, a lot of challenges along the way. And God's been incredibly faithful. And so I was just thinking about this week, how it is strange that this is sort of the end of an era and we move into a new era which is very exciting, and so uh, it's just all the way around. I found myself a little teary even this week, thinking about that journey and just all the different ups and downs, and yet in that, how God has just carried us through in all of it, so really, really great all the way around, all the way around. and so just kind of soak in this final mandatory in the field as we go into a new season of, man, who knows all that God's gonna do during that time. So uh, that's the first thing. Second thing is we are starting a new series today. We're calling it Dave's Playlist, Volume 2, all right? And uh, that's all about the Psalms. And so uh, on occasion, we've used the tail end of summer going into the fall to just walk through some of the miscellaneous Psalms. And uh, we've done it before, hence volume two. And since today we're out in creation... Uh, and then we're actually going to be opening what we call the canon which is the bible creation and canon together i thought man let's look at a psalm that really deals with both of those in a vivid way where we can understand god's world and how it speaks to us and god's word and how it informs us and all of that is fa- found in psalm 19 and so we had a reading out of psalm 19 today and i actually used psalm 19 just a few weeks ago when we looked at the bible and science but from a completely different angle today. And I love that reality. I love the fact that every time you open the Bible, you can come from a different point of view and it speaks to you in a different kind of way. And that's sort of my heart today, that we, as we are soaking in creation, will also soak in God's instruction to us. And from that, we will grow and be refined and be more of what God wants us to be. And so there is notes in your app today. If you want to take those today, we didn't have them last week because book of Revelation in a single Sunday, that's a lot of notes, right? But today we are doing something a little simple, just a brief time in Psalm 19, not the entire Psalm, but just part of it. But I want to go ahead and pray right now, settle our hearts, and then we're going to get right to business with it. Jesus, I thank you again for your tremendous grace toward us. And I thank you that we have a day in which we can be out here, we can smell the fresh air, we can see the beautiful scenery, and then we can hear your truth. And from that, it instructs us and refines us. And really, it's all about how we grow into your likeness more and more. And so I pray that that's exactly what happens today, that we will be transformed by what it is you're working out in us. And so Jesus, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. And so we seek you now in your good and awesome name. Amen. So, the Book of Psalms, uh it's very much attributed to David. There's more writers than just David that uh, kind of put it together, but this is the greatest hits of the Old Testament, right? It's like kind of the the Jerusalem Billboard 150, you know. There's all kinds of great stuff in there, but many of the things that are in there, many of these songs that are written are put together by David. And what I love about David is not just that, you know, he killed Goliath as a kid, became king and everything else, but he is a guy that is very emotional and emotive. Uh, You you see it in in how he sometimes is very passionate in a good way. He's very angry and maybe a negative way. And he just writes about those things. He just kind of takes us on his journey. And in Psalm 19, you are exposed to one of the elements of David that I really enjoy, which is if he were alive today, he would be a regular like person going into REI all the time and buying stuff because he was an outdoorsy dude. Right? That was just his jam, man. He loved to camp. He spent a lot of time out in the wilderness and the woods. In light of that, he writes to this concept. In Psalm 19, he, he kind of steps back for a minute. In fact, I love what Trent was sharing about paddleboarding and, and having us all look out into creation because that's very much the first chunk of that Psalm. He's out and about, he's looking around, he's overwhelmed by the glory of God. And so he's like, I'm gonna write a song about what I see before me and what it reminds me of. And so with that, if you're taking notes in the app this morning, it starts with the first thing. And this has to do with the fact that we are closing out summer, by the way, right? We're getting toward the end of summer, which I know is weird, but now we're in August. It's rounding out. And this is a chance to use this like last month or so to really absorb some of these things. And so as summer is coming to a conclusion, I want you to celebrate God's glory in the world. You got roughly another four to eight weeks of decent weather, and then we're going to shut ourselves away for the most part as the rains come. But in that time, man, look around. Look around. It starts in verse one, it says the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies above proclaim his handiwork day to day. They pour out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. See, what I love about this is that, that, that when you look around, uh, you really see God's creativity, his handiwork. If anything, I think you even see the whimsy of God, the fun of God, the, the clever nature in which God builds his creation. Right. You just stop and and look at things like yesterday I was with my grandkids out at the park and we saw a snail and it was so fun. Like you're just looking at this little snail and like God, when he made the snail, is like it needs a home. I'll just strap it to its back. I mean, that's so cool. Right. And these giant antennae that stick out. Right. But then you touch the snail. They just go right back in and it goes right inside his little house like that is so rad or the whimsy of like the duck bill platypus right? Like God's like, ah, I got to do, it's like a beaver and a duck. It's going to be really cool. I love that kind of stuff. Or if you go out to the coast and you go to the ocean and you see the tidal pools, man, I am mesmerized by tidal pools. I'm like a starfish. It's not a fish, but still it's cool. Love that stuff. Or even where we're at right now, if it was a clear day, you look that way, you see the cascades, you get up over the hill, you see the Olympics Baker. You can see it when it's clear. Rainier. I mean, we are nestled in an amazing place. And when you look around, you see all of that creativity, right? I love the forests, the trees, all of it is an opportunity for us to just simply marvel at God. I remember a couple of years ago, like a deer literally gave birth to a little doe at the end of my driveway. You saw the little thing just get up and scamper and be all kind of wobbly. And I'm like, that is the handiwork of God. We should look at those things and go, that is the glory of God in play. All of it is a descriptor to us to teach us about him. It says that these things pour out speech and reveal knowledge, which is a little strange because last time I checked, trees don't talk, right? Unless you're Lord of the Rings, Master Gamgee, right? But, but for the most part, the, the creation doesn't use verbiage, but nonetheless, it still communicates. That's why in verse three, it says, hey, there's no speech, there's no words, but, but there's still a voice that is being heard there. In fact, the creation's voice goes out through all the earth and the words to the end of the world. And I was thinking about this and, and, and like, how do they speak? And it reminds me of like what I see with my grandkids books, the books that they love the most are actually probably the most riveting to me. And it's not the ones with the words. It's not just the ones with the pictures, but the best ones are like the pop-up books, right? They may not even really say anything, but you open the page and everything just pops to life. And it's like, wow. And like God's creation is like this giant pop-up book with scratch and sniff included, right? So you, you, you should take advantage of that. Let it speak to your heart. Again, that's what was so great about what Trent was sharing. It's like creation wasn't saying anything and it was saying everything at the same time. Right? It was speaking into his soul and into his emotion. And that's perhaps where God's creation does its best work. Right? When it really moves us in a way that is just even beyond just reading a book or reading the text, it's just this thing that becomes overwhelming. And that's, it seems, where David is at as he's writing this. He's just overwhelmed because everywhere you look, you see God is amazing. Everywhere even a blade of grass growing. When you understand the mechanics of that, like that's incredible that he does that, right? And so he's overwhelmed. He looks out and he sees and and he's just like, God is immense. God is perfect and God is pure, touches all the senses. But then he shifts to the scriptures. He talks about the world and how moving it is. And then he talks about the word and how moving it is. And that's number two in your notes. As you're ending summer, end it by soaking in God's grace through the word. And, and I say this because here's what I know about summers for us. Uh, we can get a little sidetracked. We can get busy with other things. And, and pretty soon we realize like, man, I haven't like just opened my Bible for like weeks. I haven't really stopped to, to meditate on what God says to me. So as much as you're understanding and enjoying God's world, you want to enjoy God's word and not neglect it, right? But you want to invest into it. Because God speaks to us in stereo, and the stereo is world and word together and forming our hearts and our minds. Thus, he says, the law of the Lord is perfect, and it revives the soul. See, it's kind of cool here. That word perfect means without bumps in Hebrew. And, and bumpy roads are cool for the first five minutes, and then they get old, right? You're like, this is awesome, and now I'm done, right? But life is sometimes bumpy. And sometimes the bumps are really, really hard, right? And in light of that, David's had a bumpy life, but he knows, man, when I go back to the word, even though it may be bumpy, it begins to smooth out the bumpy time. And it keeps me from other, doing other dumb things that may make life even more bumpy in the process. And so he goes, man, this, this truth of God removes the bumps and helps me deal with those things. He also says it revives the soul. Right? And, and you know this because, uh, especially with the temperatures lately, you have flowers in the yard, you don't water them for a couple of days, and they just start to wilt, right? and they just start to kind of crumple over. And then you water them, and they revive. And, and that's exactly what the Word does in our lives. It revives our inner person and our soul. He also says the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Sure here is this idea of trustworthy, right? It's going to be stable for you no matter what. And when I think about that, it reminds me of when I was a kid. I grew up in Arizona. So yes, that's why I'm broken. And so hot, so arid, so crazy down there. But as kids, we used to ride our bikes out into the desert to go to this very little known swimming hole called Dry Beaver Creek, which should warn you, It might be dry, all right? So we would go to Dry Beaver Creek, but the the rains and the snow melt from Flagstaff would kind of fill up Dry Beaver Creek for the short little window. And so we'd go out there and it was the best time. And I remember one summer we decided to bring a rope with us and we put a rope swing into this nice big pool of water that we could go out and drop in it. It was so fantastic and everything else. And it was a blast. But what would also happen with Dry Beaver Creek is that every rain cycle, the river would change. The creek would be altered. So a deep swimming hole one summer might be a very shallow one the next summer. You never know what you're gonna get. And so we went back to the next year and the rope was there, but the swimming hole had changed. And it was very shallow, full of boulders and everything else. And, and so we're like, well, I wonder if we could still at least swing on the rope, right? It's been a year, it might be okay, we're not sure. We're not positive it's trustworthy. I've got an idea, we'll have my brother swing on the rope right? So my little brother, Adam, put him out on the rope. He goes out. Sure enough, rope snapped, right? Just go bam, right into the water. landed on those boulders. It was terrible. We were ridiculous kids back in the eighties, right? That's what it was. But I remember going, that's not trustworthy, right? There's a lot of things in life that aren't trustworthy, but here he says, this in fact is trustworthy, right? This law, this truth, this testimony of God, it's never going to fail us. It's always going to pay dividends if we lean into it. He also says the precepts of the Lord are right, and they rejoice the heart. That word right literally reads rays of sunshine. That would be a way to really see that. That's how it's right. And I think about that as it relates to like camping in the Pacific Northwest, especially when you go in June right? I've done this so many times where we're like, Hey, it's summertime. It's not really summertime, but you think it's summertime. And so you go in June to go tent camping. And what happens like four in the afternoon starts raining and you're damp and you're cold. You get into your tent. It's leaking all night. It rains. You're frigid. It's awful. But then that sun begins to creep over the mountains, right? And the, the rays of sunlight hit that tent and you get out and everything's steaming and you're frigid, but you get into those rays of sun and it just, it brings life anew right? It's the same spirit here, right? The precepts of the Lord are like rays of sunshine when you are frigid and cold in life. And from that, it brings joy, joy for living, right? I know sometimes in my own world, when I'm kind of discouraged uh, and I go to bed at night and I have a heavy heart, I just take my Bible app out and I just listen to the Psalms just to bring some relief and some joy in the midst of some heartache because that's what God's word does for us. He also says the commandments of the Lord are pure, right? And they enlighten the eyes. In other words, what he's saying here is that God didn't give us his commands to hurt us. He gave them to help us. And so when they say, hey, do this or don't do that, he's not doing that so he's just like a killjoy for us. If anything, he's trying to maximize our joy, he doesn't want us to go down roads or do things that are gonna create greater grief in our existence. In fact, I remember one summer I took my family to Florida, which is way more humid than it is here and today is kind of muggy, right? So we went in the middle of summer and we went to Universal Studios. We had a great time as a family and everything else and we were leaving the park that day and they have those big people movers where you just stand on them and they cart you wherever, you know, like the big, you know, like you're a conveyor belt of human beings. And so we were walking out and there's one of those conveyor belts that goes the opposite direction to bring you into the park. And there's this big sign that says, wrong way. Like, don't go down this. But my son, being 12, thought it would be hilarious to try to run against the flow. And so he goes booking down that conveyor belt. And he gets about 90% of the way to the end. And it kind of catches him. And he trips and he crashes. And there's this guy behind me from, like, Arkansas. And, and he goes, yep, uh, if you're going to be stupid, you better be tough. Right? And it always has stuck out to me, right? It's the most brilliant thing, you know? If you're gonna be stupid, you better be tough. And and I go, that's kind of what David would say. If you want to be stupid, you better be tough. But if you want to be wise and you wanna be encouraged and you want life to be filled with direction, then man, the rules of the Lord are true and they are righteous altogether. Right? They're righteous altogether. And so with all of this, then he kind of has this concluding idea. And it's the third thing in your notes, which is, as summer is coming to a close, right? Enjoy God's goodness by obeying the Lord of word and world, right? It's coming to, like, actually do it, because that's what he says in verse 10. He says, all these truths in nature and all these truths in the Bible, there are to be more desired than gold. Yes, much more than even the finest gold. They're sweeter than honey that's dripping from the honeycomb. And moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. See, why is God's revelation in world and word so sweet and so rich? Because they both warn and they reward. They say, wrong direction, don't do it. But in doing it the right way, man, This is why I always say life is better with Jesus, right? When we do what Jesus wants us to do, we live as Jesus called us to live. We lean into his power and his blessing and his grace. Man, that is the sweetness of life. Even when life is hard, it strengthens, it stabilizes. It gives us a sense of the completeness that he desires to unleash in our lives. And so right now, I just want to have us all take a moment here to bow our heads, close our eyes, And to just go to Jesus and say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you so much for your creation that testifies. Thank you so much for your canon, your scripture, your word that instructs and guides and shows us. Jesus, apart from you, we really are unable to do anything. Like we're incomplete. You are the one that completes us. You are the one that perfects us. You are the one that carries us along and carries us on. And so today we stop just to pay tribute to you, to remember you, to hear your voice in stereo. Especially as today is our communion Sunday. And we think about what you came to give us. You came to give us life. You go to a cross with the crowds against you, religion against you, the empire against you. Your own followers ditch you and yet you go freely. You give your life freely to deal with our sin, to rid us of our plight. And then you give us your life in exchange. We thank you for that. We thank you for you. We thank you for all that you continue to work out in us. Our good days, or our bad days, you still make those investments. That is the power of your grace. And so Jesus, we thank you for that today. We thank you for you today. And so we praise you now in your good name. Amen.